Welcome everyone to the podcast. Um, I have a really kind of exciting guest on today. You, it's the kind of guest that you just want to talk to and just have a real good chat. And like, you know, I've, I've talked with, I'll, I'll reveal it. It's Sam. It's my cousin, Sam. Um, and I've had chats with her and we, I've come come back from it inspired before. And I'm just kind of excited just to chill and chat with you, Sam. Now, a bit about Sam. Sam's done some some really cool work doing prop design on like, you know, big, big sets, like even with Marvel, with Shang-Chi, the other, um, I don't know, maybe like two years or one year ago. Um, currently, she is studying a diploma of graphic design and kicking butt at that. She's an incredibly just creative mind and really kind of caring person. And um, yeah, cuz I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. What an intro. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah, mad, mad, mad. Sam, first question, as 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 um as business dictates, what mm. is wisdom to you? Oh gosh. Hmm. I think I've thought about this before. I think wisdom is an innate awareness that you don't know everything. <laughs> and that having an inquiring mind is an ongoing thing, I think. I don't know that we're necessarily, I don't know that we're necessarily like wise people um, by default. I think there are a lot of external factors that can kind of dictate our level of wisdom. But I think for me, what makes, what I'd like to think makes me wise is having discernment over the fact that I don't know everything and that it's an ongoing thing to try and figure it out I guess wow yeah. that's a that is a very that's a very interesting perspective that's actually that's a new one on the podcast I've done really? like about yeah yeah okay what have you had in the past um a lot of a lot of it has been having knowledge and knowing to apply it yeah. um I had, an, I had an interesting one the other day about um values and beliefs but um, and there was another cool one, but what I love about uh, this kind of perspective is that it seems like it's an orientation towards life because mm. an orientation as opposed to having something particular. Yes. Could um, you, yeah. Could, could you kind of, kind of speak into what, what the whole thing about not knowing is? Um, I think for me, I think maybe I resonate with that as a definition of wisdom because I've, I think I just have an inquiring mind and I have for a very long time. I remember that my mother would always say to me, I think it's just a symptom of being a child, but would just constantly be asking like, but why, but why, but why, you know, just constantly wanting to figure things out. And also I think like the greatest strength that we have as individuals is recognising that with a sense of autonomy, we're able to kind of figure out who we are as people and that that is a constant work in progress. And maybe that's where I tie the concept of wisdom to in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do we, why do, what is this thing around like trying to figure out who we are as, as people? Like, What's that? I think that just by nature, humans are inquisitive. Just, it just, I feel like it's actually fundamental to our existence because I think 
I hmm. yeah, I just think that we're just innately curious individuals. It's it's just it's it's been an ongoing thing since I think we developed consciousness, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of like a it's kind of just like curiosity is just a thing that's kind of embedded within us. I would say so, yes. We're always trying to figure new things out. You know? Mm. I mean, even if it's just like yeah, I just think um as humans we need we in order to survive we need to make sense of everything that's going around around us you know make meaning of the world you know that sort of thing i think that's the foundation of our existence really i think it gives us a sense of security as well because sometimes things don't make sense and so if we can kind of assign meaning to things i think that makes us feel a bit more calm in the craziness that is life Mm. yeah that's so like there's already so many like elements and layers there i'm kind of and that's so funny i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of i'll sit with my curiosity for a moment and we'll see where it takes us that's my honestly that's like my favorite maybe maybe that's just been a thing that i've been thinking about lately because like i'm you know by nature i think a very anxious person and it's something that, I mean, I'll be very candid about this. I go to therapy and my therapist will always, I'll always share my anxieties with her and she'll just say, yeah, just kind of sit into that curiosity. Just see where the feelings take you sort of thing, you know? Where does, where does like, that's so interesting because it seems as though wisdom is kind of sit, like from, from this kind of uh, perspective, it's like sitting into our nature as curious beings and and I would like to know, like, what is the reward? Is there a reward to to curiosity? Like, what what happens if when we get curious about ourselves and and the world? I think curiosity is a it gives you the space to explore things that you might mightn't that you mightn't have considered. I guess um, to me, curiosity gives you permission to yeah to think of different things I think in a way I see curiosity as allowing your mind to have space to roam and to maybe think of things that it might not might not have otherwise thought of I feel like I just repeated myself there but do you know what I mean like I feel Mm -hmm. like it actually just becomes this thing where your brain almost goes into like not all, like a bit maybe a bit of an autopilot thing or um it becomes it becomes less about curiosity i think becomes less about having a regimented or a very mediated way of doing things or thinking oh i need to do xyz and instead of kind of reaching you know getting from you know point a to b or xyz and that sort of thing it kind of allows you to meander a bit and then in that process of just like slowly exploring it other things come up that you might not have considered Mm. yeah i think that's why yeah that's that's massive and i was just kind of thinking like like can if we got curious about ourselves and our nature and what we love and, and all these things like that, that kind of endless journey of, of self-discovery and sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd kind of point towards that and hand it over to you. What, what are your thoughts on all this? 
<laughs> what it's self self discovery yeah well like i mean going back to that whole idea of being an inquiring individual and like humans by nature being inquiring individuals i think i like to adopt the principle of like know thyself um i rec- i yeah i think that we're just constantly evolving and changing so it's like self dis- like self discovery is just a con- is a constant like mm-hmm. i feel like humans are fundamentally works in progress always mm-hmm. and that in my mind it's like if you're not i mean i know it's so kind of demanding of people to kind of have to deal with the grind of you know life and also have to be like also you know self-aware and and all of that sort of stuff but I think what makes a human good in a way in my mind is recognizing that there's always something to kind of constantly work towards I just I feel like if you're just kind of in a space where you're not maybe interrogating certain aspects of yourself then you're not growing as an individual Mm. yeah what I really love about that Sam is that it kind of takes away this this sort of ground of I'll get there like I'll get there eventually yeah it's like you getting there is the process like you know kind of falling into it yes yes the it's all about the journey not the destination as they Mm. say you know Mm. I think that is is yeah is is the most valuable thing because it's like you arrive at that point. I mean, this has happened to me so many times where I've thought, oh, I'll be happy once I get this. And then you get to that stage and you're like, actually, I don't know. Actually, it's all about, I guess, kind of shifting the goalposts or recognising that at certain points you might need to pivot and that not necessarily being a bad thing, but rather recognising and um recognizing that that's that in itself is a power that you have that you have the self-awareness to go actually this isn't what I want anymore and that's okay and that's definitely something that I've had to that I've grappled with a lot in the last 12 months obviously with my with my career and that sort of thing yeah because you went through like a a pretty a pretty kind of um like a full-on career transition like it was from I I think you're working like full-time kind of I'm um, going into um, set and prop prop design, yeah. And um and like you you'd built up um you'd kind of built up um for that, but then really there was there was an element of you that really wanted to to go into to graphic design, which seemed like a deeper kind of passion for you. Could you could you speak to, what what what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think again, it goes back to that idea of like once you get the thing that you want, you realize, oh, I actually didn't want this at all, you know. But I think there's a value in having gone through that process because it gets you closer to what it is that you want to be doing. I mean, even something like graphic design, like I remember as a child expressing desires in doing something like that and working in, a, in within a visual medium that is maybe a bit more applicable to the outside world and isn't as maybe as niche as fine art or something like that. Mm. I'd always been interested in visual communication. Um, but I think that I had stifled that creative need or that want for fear of being inadequate, which I think is very symptomatic of us as individuals. And mm. I think a lot of people, and I mean, I, I just did what a lot of people do. That's the rationale of like, 
this isn't sustainable, this isn't attainable, like you're not going to survive, all of those sorts of like self-limiting beliefs. And so I guess I kind of moved into something that felt a bit more feasible, but it was interesting in that process of of doing that for the last three and a half, four years of working in film and that sort of thing. It's, it's brought me right back to the beginning. And it's like, and I look at it now and I I don't regret the process of, of it because it's gotten me closer to what it is I always wanted to do. Um, And I guess that's just my journey and I just have to accept that that's the reality of it, you know? Yeah, that's that's so funny how sometimes even even doing that thing, like you always know what you wanted, but doing whatever that thing and, and kind of working it, it, it builds a strength and resolve in you to end up going ahead and doing, to do the thing that you always loved anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I'm around people who are very supportive of this. And, and you know, the only thing that I got told growing up in regards to, what I choose to do is that do whatever makes you happy so long as it doesn't hurt anybody, you know. And I think that was a really important, you know, principle to uh, to guide me. Um, but, you know, there are, there are, you know, now I think it's very natural for people to not want to pursue the things that they do. And I think I'm the type of person who saw people in my life not pursue the things that they wanted to and also saw how that impacted them mentally, emotionally, even physically. And I just thought to myself, that's not how I want to be living, you know. Mm. I don't think that, like, yeah, I feel like it's it's important to kind of live your truth in a way. And I guess that's me living my. this is me living mine. You know, well, yeah. What I, what I kind of love about that, that thought and, and realisation is that it makes kind of living your truth just an essential. And it's like, it feels like we're absolved the responsibility of having to do anything else, you know, so we can just live our truth, you know? Well, we have yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that whole thing of like, even just more broadly, that fear of what everyone else is thinking and what everyone else is thinking is, is just whatever they're doing, you know, like you're the center of your universe. And that is like, that's kind of what's kept me going. You know, it's, I think that's absolutely fundamental because at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to kind of live with the choices that I've made. I'm the one who's with me 24 seven for however many years I'm going to be on this earth. So I might as well make it something that is, you know, I don't want to say that tolerable, enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, tolerable is like the base standard, but it <laughs> would be great. So <laughs> that's what we're working towards. Sam, that was so art student of you. <laughs> <laughs> I really um, do think life is beautiful outside of all of the nihilism of everything. <laughs> you know, I just want to, I do want to be able to kind of generate meaning, whatever that that is, I guess. It's different for everybody, but yeah. Hmm. One thing I, I want to ask you about hmm. is, is where does where does creating creativity and like I guess even we'll talk even a bit contribution. Hmm. I think more so to creativity first. Where does creativity come into all this? What's going on there? For me personally, or just like as individuals existing. Start, start off with you, and then go to individuals. Ah, uh, I guess. 
I think creativity is also is has always been something that's inherent to me. Um, and like even if I wasn't totally conscious of it or yeah, cognizant of it, it was something that I always felt a a pull towards. And I guess I just went with that. Maybe it had to do with my parents. My mum's very creative. My dad as well, like even though he might not realise, is also very creative. You know, he's a he like grew up, you know, playing music and that sort of thing. And mum is pretty artsy. So I think I was I probably being around that inspired me in a way. And also, you know, having the encouragement of them to pursue those things. Mm. So that's, I guess, where it comes from for me. Um, mm. And I just, I just like nice, I just, just like nice things, you know, like in terms, I just, I, I, I love creativity in its pure aesthetic form. I also love that creativity or, you know, art can elicit such deep emotions in people. But, you know, I think like, being creative is not just the explicit, you know, pen to paper or, you know, writing a, a song or something like that. I think creativity exists in so many different forms and, and, and I think we as humans are inherently creative just in different ways. Mm. Mm. Right. So it's like, mm. you know, it's I mean, been, like, yeah. no, I just think like as I think it's like very interesting as individuals, we've kind of othered creativity in a way and kind of made it this thing that maybe exists on a pedestal or is maybe unattainable or only accessible to a certain few. But I think we just have a natural inclination towards creativity in in so many different ways. But I think as time has gone on, we've just seen it as this very explicit thing that is maybe tied to music, art, writing dance that sort of thing I mean there could be like creativity in you making your cup of tea that morning you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I think it's a I think as in a way as well creativity is intimately tied to the essential beauty of things and and that in itself can be something as simple as like I don't know observing the way that a tree kind of moves in the in the wind like you know sorry I'm just it's very windy here so I'm just thinking about that <laughs> like that in itself feels almost creative it, it's mm-hmm. not it's not it's not as um it's 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 pretty intangible I mean it's intangible in the sense that you're not necessarily doing anything in that moment but your ability to see it as something beautiful maybe means that you and yourself are a creative individual that's very um it that's very um quieting um to my mind i love (laughs) i love that and i i i um it's so strange how beauty is linked to creativity yes i think as well i like i said going back to it like like as children we are i think there's just a natural inclination towards creativity i mean i think about I think something that's always stuck with me, and this was something that I kind of, this was something I learned in my first ever lecture of art history. So kind of in my, you know, in my undergrad Bachelor of Arts, I majored in art history and film studies. 
wasn't the intention um, initially was meant to go into English and history, but, you know, as per usual, got pulled in that direction of creative inquiry in a, yeah, in that theoretical space. And um, the first class we had was an introduction to art history and we looked at cave paintings and like, that sounds like the most inane, boring thing, but <laughs> it's just like, you see some of these paintings and it's, it's just, it's handprints, you know, there's these beautiful caves, you know, in, in parts of the world, like France and Spain. And I mean, look, there probably are even examples of this here in, in, you know, so-called Australia. Um of of individuals who have literally taken their hands and, you know, and used whatever pigment they've had probably from like the dirt or something like that to then, you know, make an imprint of their hands. And you can observe all of those hands and in amongst those hands there's tiny hands, you know. Uh-uh. Or like it's like the hand is so fundamental to our existence and that in itself is con- is, in- is connected to making and also those tiny hands, like they wanted to be involved in the create the creative process of 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 making that art. I mean, we see it as art now. We don't know what it was for at the time. But like from a young age, there's always this need and this desire to create. You see it in history all the time. And I that's that's something that I always remind myself of. Like at, at our core, we are creative individuals. And as we grow up, we it we're just told that it isn't important you know the older we get the more we have to kind of uh you know sift through information to sort like so we can sort out its relevance and something like being creative might not be high on that list and so we lose that ability to tap into that and i think that's honestly one of the biggest disservice, one of uh, uh, the one of uh, the greatest disservice that yeah we could we could have. Yeah, that was so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I just think it's absolutely fundamental to who we are, and I think that if we can get back to that, we can really start living, I guess, as well more considered lives as well. You know, mm. I think so many people see it as like an exercise in futility being creative because it doesn't really benefit anybody. You know, it doesn't benefit society in that way, in the way that we need other things to. It doesn't, you know, it, it, I mean, it could even, it, you know, going to the most basic, uh, you know, re- rhetoric around creativity is like, oh, it doesn't pay the bills. But it's like, that's, yeah, but I think you in, in saying that you've lost, you've completely forgotten the essential meaning of what it means to create. I think it's a meditative experience. It gives you respite. It, it, it provides you with a sense of ease. You know, when you're when you're creating, this is something I've realised as well in doing this diploma, you kind of enter a flow state. So it really helps people who might not necessarily um connect to the idea of like traditional forms of meditation. Um, It allows you to uh, synthesize and comprehend things and problem solve and all of these different things. 
but people don't see it that way. Mm. Very passionate about it. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> Sam, do you remember back at um Tate and Jidors, we mm. used to get um buckets of water and brushes and we would we would put water on the fence. Do you remember that? Oh. I feel like I do. Keep jogging my memory. Keep jogging my memory a little bit. <laughs> we would have these kind of old-fashioned brushes and we we dip them in like tin cans of water and we just paint on the the fence. <laughs> we paint water. Oh my gosh. So you're constantly making I mean that in its that's imaginative play. That's something mm. that kids are able to do that adults cannot, you know. That was that's another awesome thing that I learned in this diploma as well. It's the create the paperclip exercise. It's mm. like you're given a paperclip and you need to think of every single any po- any possible thing that you can do with that paperclip besides, you know, using it for its intended purpose. Mm. Adults struggle with that task so much more than kids. Kids wow. are able to think of a plethora of uses for the paperclip. But as adults, we have no idea because we don't have that space to imagine and think, mm, maybe this is a possibility or how about this? Because it's not something, it's something that we've lost as we've gotten older. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, and did doing the exercise, did it, did it start to open your mind? Oh yeah. Like I, it was, it was hard. I probably only got like four or five and it was interesting because I had so many more ideas, but then my ego got involved and was just like, no, that's not right. That's not right. And then when people would go to share their ideas, I'd go, oh, I actually had that idea, but I was too scared to write it down or voice it because I didn't think that it was feasible. And it's just like if I just listened to that that inner knowing, I guess, that, oh, maybe you could do this, maybe the child in me, you know. But yeah, it's just so interesting as you get older how that how much that kind of gets in the way of you exploring potentials and alternatives as you navigate through the world. Far oh, yeah. out! That is so. That is so everything. Like the kind of ego getting in in your way. It seems to me that the more that I've kind of figured things out, um, it's just like the less of yourself that is involved, like the less personality. Like which which has been created like in your childhood program, like the less that the more that's thrown out, and the more you're free to play, the better you do. Yeah, absolutely. I always I I it's strange, but I really do think of young children as inspiring in a way because they don't have the problem of that ego yet, mm. and I and I just I think that's something that we need to recognize early on so that we're not subject to that as we get older again very hard easier said than done but Mm. yeah because how do you how do you get past the crushing weight of (laughs) the the crushing weight of of the breaks on your creation (laughs) in what like what do you mean oh like just for like um, I don't know, for like like for for example, for this podcast, I've had to kind of I feel like I've been in a battlefield. I've I've had to drag myself along. 
um, kicking and screaming <laughs> to eventually get slowly a little bit better and better at it each time. Okay. But is there is there an easier way, or is it just is it just permanent uphill difficulty? <laughs> I think the uphill difficulty is intimately tied to the ego. Honestly, mm, mm, I mm. mean, I, I mean, even going back to school has been an exercise in me being able to reclaim that creativity that I feel like I've lost. You know, mm. and it's hard. It's 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 like a muscle that you need to train. It's like, I, I feel like, yes, we are inherently creative individuals, but in, in losing that through our experiences throughout, as we grow and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. We, we need to be able to, to work actively to getting back, reclaiming it, getting it back. And it's hard, but I think it's just like anything. It's just the consistency and just showing up every single day. And then it becomes a bit easier and it's Mm. not so much like Sisyphus, you know, pushing his rock up the hill. I I get it though. I totally get it. It's something that I've been struggling with even in this diploma, admittedly. You know, I think creative people deal with it all the time. I think it's, I think you, you, I think it's, I think it's a very symptomatic of you caring as well. Uh, maybe a bit too much, enough for it to maybe get in the way. And again, it's 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 about saying, I guess, to the ego, like it's okay, I can handle it, I can I can do this. You mm. know, it's about getting yeah, getting it out of the way and actually letting, you know, wherever you think creativity comes from, in whether it's like source or a you know, a, something that's out in the ether. Yeah, it's about re- removing that ego and allowing it to kind of just flow. But again, it's like only through the repeated act of doing and entering into that flow state that it becomes easy. And it's something that I'm, I think is going to be an ongoing process for me for as long as I live, you know. Mm. So it's like in this way, it's kind of like the the light, your creativity, all that stuff is in you. And it's about just kind of getting getting your stuff out of the way to let it shine out, yes. bringing more of yourself to the party. Yeah, definitely. I some I actually I can't clay claim to that theory completely, like that it's my own. Um, but it's something that I've always believed, and I guess has since been echoed by um, this woman called Julia Cameron, and she has a program called The Artist's Way. It's something that I've been constantly it's constantly in my orbit and I'm always like I need to do it I need to do it I need to do it it's a 12-week program about how to unlock your creativity and that sort of thing and it's it's been incredibly successful for people but very much so her idea is that she thinks of creativity as this very of this as this supernatural thing you know people might not choose to believe that um but yeah it's very much about the ego getting in its own way and and you kind of having you being a conduit by nature to creative energy, creative force, mm. and yeah, telling that ego to step aside to allow it to kind of enter you freely, mm, mm. you know, like attracts like, I guess. But when you've got the ego in the way, it's kind of opposing it and sending it back out. I guess that's how yeah. I. 
No, I I love that. I I feel like um I keep my ego like I keep my ego there mm. because like for me I I I I am afraid of of not of it not being good of mm. of people getting tired of what I had to say and mm. and I feel, I keep it there because I think I think that I'm too lazy to do it. So I want to put more effort. Ironically, when I am creating, all of those kind of objections kind of fall away. Way right. I'm completely. I'm exactly the same. I, I mean, I, I resonate that. I resonate with that entirely, mm. and I think that's probably the most difficult thing. Um, but yeah, I think the ego is there to keep us safe. It's not that it's comfortable, it's that it's familiar mm. and sometimes familiarity is more important. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really amazing how it can just fall by the wayside the minute that you actually just start creating because it's actually honouring a different part of you, I think, than that ego. I think, I think creating whilst... I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that it shouldn't nothing should be really that hard in a way mm. like it should come a little it seamlessly even if there's you know that on that initial kind of growing pain but yeah I I still think that you need to feel challenged by it and it's only in that feeling of uncertainty that you're able to create something exciting um I would encourage you and any anyone who's listening to look up um, this, like, my favourite video on YouTube. It's of David Bowie in, like, the 90s, I want to say, um, being interviewed. It's called, like, Never Play to the Gallery, and he talks about that. It's about kind of honouring what you want, recognising that the right people are going to get it, and even if it is difficult, it's it's where the growth occurs i guess mm. yeah. it's so beautiful and so powerful and it's just so funny because i just feel like it's been the the theme of my week and here i am talking about it with you sam oh yeah really what's been yeah. happening um i don't know i've been like i went to see um an alan stone concert oh yeah i didn't know yeah. he was he's incredible oh yeah yeah he is and like when you see it, he, you know, he's put years and years into his creative vessel mm. and he is just something different. And I, like I just thought to myself, like, you know, if I was doing music, I would just completely focus and just put 10 years into it. It's so simple and easy. I'm not in my way. Mm. But when it comes to public speaking and like, you know, podcasting and this and that, I create so many, so many blocks and it's like, I see musicians and I'm like, that's, that's so easy. They just need to go do live music. Interesting. Well, you know, <laughs> and here I am, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas someone else might think the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I just saw the radiance, just the beautiful radiance of how his, his focus and love and creativity into one area just absolutely created this beautiful loving vibe in this theater where we all felt like really together mm. and he's just gorgeous music gorgeous man and like you can develop a superpower with creativity and art 
You know what I mean? I think it's a, I think it's like like attracts like. You see that likeness in that person and you're connecting on that level, you know? Yeah. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, yeah, you could, I guess, liken like a concert to a religious experience in that way because of just the way that it makes you feel. Um, it's it's incredibly powerful, mm. but I think it's I think it's on a fundamental level without realizing it. You're seeing something in that performer that you see in yourself or want to see in yourself, mm. and maybe that's where that kind of energy comes from. Well, that's that's an interesting point. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I um I went to I went to a gig a couple weeks ago. I saw one of my favorite bands, Parcels. They're um they're an Australian band, but they they live in Berlin, and they're incredible. Like they're they are like an organism in their own right. You know, like they just God, they're such a tight unit, and it's just it's amazing how their energy was able to be completely transmuted and felt by the crowd. It was really. Yeah, it's very much like a kind of symbi- symbiosis, you know. It's like a symbiotic relationship between the performer and the crowd. And that's that's another thing as well that I that I like to think about a lot is that like art or creativity doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's something that needs an audience. It's something that needs an individual to respond to. Ooh, that's where yeah. the power of it comes from. You know, that's when it becomes special. Wow. And I think that, I think leading with that or being aware of that should give you an incentive to create because it's only when you're, a, when you're confident enough to put it out there and allow it to be received by the, you know, the a, a collective, that's where it's, it's, its power lies, I guess. You know, Sam, I've, I was just thinking about it. I love that so much because one of the most beautiful pieces of artwork in all of Australia is the is the Opera House, oh, and yeah. just how that like that is just that that resonates in the souls and minds of people all over the world. Yeah, absolutely, but like, look, yeah, like look at what that means to so many people, and it means something totally different to everybody and that's the beauty of it as well we all bring our um wealth of knowledge and experiences to the art and and we let that inform the way that we choose to perceive it i think that's special as well because it can mean something for so many different people that's so beautiful and i think i love i just love what you said about the 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 art needs a viewer an individual who who kind of respond to to yeah. that what like what happens for you personally when you see like a, a some doesn't matter what it is but just a nice gorgeous really connected piece of art like it could be music or whatever yeah i can give you an experience uh, an example of a piece of art that i saw a couple of months ago and I got really excited by it. I saw it at the National Gallery of Victoria and I got really excited by it because I didn't actually realise that it was in its collection. I can't remember the name of it. I want to. I just want to find it because I want yes. people to look, look it up. 
Um, I'll look it up simultaneously. I had seen it. Um, gosh, I will. I will find it. But <laughs> yeah. I had seen it before, you know, on a screen, and I'd gone, "Oh, that's such a moving piece of art." But to actually see it in person, oh, the detail of it, to be able to like properly engage with it, was on it just and you know sometimes you you don't even you can't even anticipate the response that that the art is going to generate and again like I said I think it comes back to our own lived experiences and how that we then assign meaning to the work you know what I mean Mm. find this I'm gonna find this I'm gonna have to scroll a little bit (laughs) yeah that's right well yeah yeah, go 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 ahead I was gonna say like I feel like this is just a bit of a weird topic, but I feel like art is actually spell casting and wizardry. But I'll go show you. What was it? Yeah, yeah. You feel that? that? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, it's called Anguish. Yeah. And it's um by a painter. I don't know his full name. I'm just looking at the image that I took of it. Schneck, S-C-H-N-E-C-K. And it's it's basically, to I guess, to paint a picture for the, for the listeners, it's a... It's a painting of a of a a sheep, a, a female sheep. Is that is that what a, a female? Anyway, it's standing over its baby who's just been killed, and it's being circled by a murder of crows who are ready to eat the baby, pretty much. And this mother is like crying out in anguish over the fact that she's lost her baby but it's just you I just and even thinking about it now looking at it he talking about it it just I can't even I can't even explain to you the feelings that it stirs up in me it's just so incredibly beautiful because it illustrates such a human response in an in in the in an in a depiction that doesn't even involve humans, you know, it's, it's the, it's the mourning of a mother, you know, dealing with her departed child. It's recognizing, you know, the, the, the imminency, the imminency of death, you know, the fact that we're not immortal. Um, I just, it's just such a beautiful image and, um, yeah, that, that's probably the last experience I had that was really, that really, you know, overcame me. I felt very overcome with emotions and I did not anticipate it. Sometimes you don't know where it comes from and I think that's the magic of it. Mm. I, I I just had a look at it. Very, very stunning and sobering. Very sobering. Yes, very much. Sobering so. experience for me. I, there's just something... There is something spellbinding about an artwork like that. Oh, I think art in general. I think about the time that I, you know, I'm very much the type of person who likes doing art classes of all kinds. You know, I've I've done stained glass. I'm about to do a printmaking course. Um, I've done clay, you know, pottery and ceramics and that sort of thing. And that doing that class really, you know, reminded me of how much creating is like alchemy. It's about taking these these materials that on their own 
kind of don't mean anything, but through the intervention of the individual are able to create, you're just able to create the most beautiful things. You know, Mm -hmm. it is definitely in a way of a form of, of, you know, spell making. You just, you are, you're creating things out of nothing. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's wizardry. It is wizardry. Like, you know, like, you create it, you like you wizard and put magic into a painting and it yeah. and it affects everyone who sees it. And the effect that has on someone will change the course of their life. Yeah. You know, or something, I, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's something that, you know, that is that concept of like creating being a form of alchemy is so intrinsic to the the you know, the history of art. I mean, even thinking of something like is it pig Pygmalion, the Greek, car- the Greek carver who you know builds a statue and and in in doing so breathes life into it. Mm, mm. I don't. know. I hope that's the one. But yeah, I, I it's it, you are. I mean, that I guess was a bit of a cautionary tale in terms of not getting too, not falling in love with your subjects too much. But I think as well it really drives home the fact that creating in a way is breathing your essence into something mm. and then allowing and then and then allowing it to kind of out into the world to be yeah received by others and that in itself is also very scary i mean i just spoke to a friend of mine recently who's working on a film and and had a bit of a kind of run in with um an artist that they had uh kind of contracted to make something and she wanted the art back even though they had paid for it. You know, I think there is also a difficulty amongst artists to actually allow their art into the world for fear of how it will be interpreted or or what it might mean, you know, once it's out of their hands, they don't have control over it. And that's scary as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's something that a lot of artists fear just on, on you know, some level. it's crazy because I like I think the first level you think of art is like just the process of creating it Mm. but I I think we never think that our artwork could go out into the world and be viewed and have an impact on others Mm. in a way that we never kind of envisioned you you never know hey good and bad as well Mm. that Mm. is also the the power of art it's kind of scary, you know, the fact that it can, because like, like I said, I think it really taps into like base desires, base, you know, feelings, and 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 it can and it can draw out emotions that we might not necessarily have ever recognized within us. And and you know, like I remember like being in the eight year nine, being depressed, listening to punk rock, and it was it was good, like you know what I mean, but. There was probably a, an element of of being unhealthy there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I've, we've all been there. I understand that feeling very well. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a there's a power in that. In that, it's it helps it helps you up to a point. It helps mm-hmm. you kind of recognize, oh, I'm not the only one. You know, I don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. But you obviously can get past that point and enter into maybe dangerous territory, and it become a little bit more uncontrollable. But yeah, definitely definitely mm. yeah because there there is aspects of, of that but i love what i'm fascinated about that is that 
being connected to and understood that's that's another beautiful thing that art has the potential to do it has the potential to to just understand you yes absolutely you know like you're known yeah go ahead and I think as you know as time goes on and there's more space for more voices in art you know who feel that they have more permission to express who it is that they are what it is that they feel it also you know people who might be you know people of color queer people immigrants you know being able to them also having the permission to like we need to be able to create a space for them to go yes I can also create the art and then in doing so other people are able to go I see myself in that that gives me permission to create as well you know what I mean wow so I I love that whole thing about being made permission and belief like one person breaking out and creating belief for everyone else like that's such a crazy phenomenon yeah, I, I mean, like I, I'm just I'm thinking more specifically about you know my, tr- like my study or you know my, my, yeah my undertaking of my art history degree, recognizing that there's a Western canon of art that only a very small amount of the world's demographic kind of fits into. You know, if we're thinking of the Western canon, European white men, you know, it doesn't if you're someone who isn't that you might not like feel as connected to it that's not to say that you're not going to feel connected to the art but if you can't see yourself in the art and this isn't even just for like something like painting it's like representation in film representation in music representation in in writing like if it, the minute that you're able to see yourself in it it's it it, it yeah it, it makes you feel empowered to also create because it's like, oh, it's safe to do so because this person's been able to do it, mm. so I can as well. That's and that's so, important too. That's that's crazy, cause because like, that is so strange seeing yourself in art. It's what the heck. You yeah, it's like imagine, it, it, it you know art, art in a way is is the telling of history, you know. And if you can't see yourself in that history, how can you? make sense of who you are you know mm-hmm. that's unreal i what's crazy though um i don't understand how well, i guess i i kind of do but could you could you speak towards how when you're understood when you feel understood you you created as well like what why is that the case i think if you see yourself in a piece of work, I guess it 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 doesn't feel as scary anymore. I guess mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as as um unatt- unattainable. It doesn't feel yeah as as inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, when when you're able to kind of see yourself in it or something like that, then. It just makes it easier because because it's also this whole thing of like in creating works of, you know, representation that you might not feel connected to. It, yeah, it, it, it maintains this narrative um, 
And if you don't feel intimately tied to that narrative, then how can you feel that your voice, you can lend your voice to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa, that's powerful around like worth. That's okay. That's ooh, ooh, big, big <laughs> there's a bit of an explosion there because, because there's like, um, like one, one definition I've heard of love is to be understood, to be connected to. Yeah. And it's almost like you have to be loved. You have to be understood in order for you to feel worthy to express. Yes. And that's, that's beautiful, really. Yes. So I think a lot of us are driven by fear. Mm. And I think when we are given, when, when someone goes, I see you for who you are, then you go, oh, okay, cool. So you're able to, you're able to accept every aspect of me, every aspect of myself that I fear. And like, you know, I know it's that whole thing of like, you need, you need, like, you need to do that for yourself. But I think we're relational creatures. We, mm. we we exist in community and sometimes we need the encouragement of others to allow us to have the confidence to express ourselves or do the things that we want to do. You know, that is so true, cuz. And like even even the encouragement of you reading a book from an artist like 200 years ago and you read it and you're understood, that had to be from someone in your in the world, in society, in your community, like, you know, and and if it's closer to home, then it's even more impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I understand you more, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm very inspired by, I've always found inspiration in someone like Leonardo da Vinci, which I think is, might sound like a bit of a, you know, low hanging fruit in the artistic space but (laughs) I find him so inspirational because he's an imperfect artist he's actually I think there's a narrative of him as this kind of perfect you know infallible um, individual but conversely there's another narrative where he was mercurial like he was he never finished a project he was temperamental <laughs> he had the most inquisitive mind he had notebooks where he would go oh go speak to uh, an engineer about how a, a, a bridge is built go to the local market and talk to the leather maker or whatever you know mm. um yeah, I yeah, I think there's it's there's an importance in in recognizing that art like creative people are inherently Im- imperfect. Um yeah, I know that's uh, a kind of tangent from it's a kind of flow on from what you were saying, I no, guess. No, but that that is because like I feel so much better that he was messy. It feels just like it's taken like the the weight of the world on my shoulder. They all were. They all are. <laughs> like, it's, there's not. There's a reason why artists have the the um, reputation of being zany and weird and tem- and temperamental and all that. It's because they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we've just done this weird thing where we've filtered down, like we filtered out that those idiosyncrasies to this sort of perfect metric of 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 being an artist mm. enough for us to then feel that it's unattainable when like in reality every single creative is a perfectly flawed individual and and I think it's also in 
doing so, we make the mistake of comparing our journey to their final destination. And yeah. that's, that's, not a, that's not a metric. Like that's not an appropriate metric because we're comparing two different things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's so true. I love, I love that. And I, like with the messy artist sort of thing, I think one of the thing that make one of the thing that is makes it so exciting and really inspiring that like we are messy, but then if they could push on and create regardless and they it's almost like their messiness just becomes this lovable characteristic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know, if I think about myself, I would like to be remember I'd prefer to be remembered as messy creative who who got the stuff out there because they had uh you know something bigger as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who is perfect and just had it all and I'd, I'd rather be i'd rather be just naked and and childlike and creative and yeah. and and daring for some higher ideal you know and i think so many creatives that we can look at from the past were exactly that it's just that their their narrative has been watered down by an establishment that seeks to other art like to you know other the art Mm. from 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 its actual reality you know to kind Mm. of maintain a status quo of of an of an upper echelon of society um yeah when in actual fact like the artists are the bohemians the artists are the ones who might not be living then they're mostly not living cushy that's for sure and I just find it very interesting that now if we think of like something like even like, you know, the Western Canada of art, like how much it sells for at auction, like mm. that, because we we've totally shifted the value of, of art to something that is like completely monetary as opposed to the actual essence of it itself, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess, um, yeah, that's so interesting because like how societies value influences our value of things mm-hmm. that's such an interesting thing yeah like you know i guess we might contribute to it but then like that weight of society's like mass belief which i you know in a lot of ways i don't even know is is like is evil particular but it's just ignorant and kind of systematically doing its thing mm. that is such a immense weight yeah, well, it, it maintains a, a certain status quo, you mm. know. We can't, mm. it's like you can't in, in, envision, you don't, these people don't want to envision these creatives as, as people who were particularly difficult or flighty or messy and naked and and the rest, you know, because mm. mm. it doesn't serve their narrative. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, Sam, because I had a bit of an enlightened moment, enlightenment moment in in my own kind of path in my own career. Mm. Like I, I thought in in motivational speaking, which which I realize now is wisdom talks. It's kind of sage talks. I yeah. realize that's what it is. It's yeah. talking to enlighten the mind, right? Um, the the motivational kind of self help thing is so egregiously presenting of perfection everyone's perfect in that in Mm -hmm. that field yeah but what what i've realized and what i've kind of become what i've become kind of privy to is that the majority of the best speakers the ones who impact you the most who change your life the most some of them were pretty messed up in their personal lives Mm -hmm. 
but and, and first I was like, oh my god, they have a messed up personal life. How can I believe and trust what they say? Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's fair. But what I realized is that like even speaking, even inspirational and, and writing books like like that and poetry or whatever, what you create can still impact and change the world. And it's just it's just an art. It's another form of expression. It's expressing your highest ideal. And you don't necessarily have to be perfect even to express that if you want to. No. I think like I think we need to especially I guess with the living in the age of social media, everything is is curated, everything is perfect. And it makes it I think that increases our level of alienation and our level of isolation because we're not able to actually properly compare ourselves to these people and actually see our likeness in their image because it's perfect. You know, as you see, you don't you see the highlight reel and how it's so hard. Like I said, going back to it, we're relational creatures. We exist in community. But how can we actually find our place or feel that we rightfully exist in it when every when we feel imperfect and everyone around us feels per- perfect. perfect? Yeah, yeah. So isolating. I think mm. I think that that we obviously we need to go back to a time where we recognize that like everyone is imperfect no one knows what they're doing and that's okay like that's the beauty of it it's all about figuring it out that's that's what wisdom is you know that's big i love that circularity (laughs) figuring it out we're a work in progress and that's okay Mm. you know sam i really think that this is is leadership like this like so far like in, in society, in the world and what we need more of it is this sort of leadership. And it's not even just like macho leadership. It's leadership of the soul, of that vulnerability and of creation, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the influence I believe that, you know, is big. And have you seen, did I, did you end up checking out Stutz? It was like that. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I It's on my list, but I keep seeing like snippets of it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in that space yeah. um, it, it looks unreal have you have you watched it i've watched it and i promise you it will change you it will change i'm, you. I'm ready <laughs> Joni, yeah Joni hill did something different that time he did something different it was I'm incredible so glad i'm really mm. am i think we need more of that mm. i think going back to what you were saying about you know leadership and leading with with essentially i guess compassion and, and sensitivity I think that's so fundamental moving forward and it's so hard because I think we exist in a realm of reactivity as a, as a, as opposed to responsiveness, you know what I mean? And I've Mm -hmm. seen that at like a base level, you know, working in an industry like film, a lot of people operate from a space of reactivity. They only know how to react. They don't know how to respond. Mm. And that, is so it's just so difficult to relate to people when you're just constantly reactive Mm. you can't you can't see eye to eye and and that comes from culture but mostly leadership down like it's it's so hard if 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 the culture and leadership is like that it's so hard to press against the grain yeah absolutely i think that sort of reactive nature that is so embedded in our culture. You see it even like on a on an international level in terms of politics and that sort of thing. Like that helps to maintain a certain status quo. 
you know, mm. and the elites know that that's beneficial in a way. Um, mm, mm. But leading from a place of responsiveness also means recognizing that community is a part of that and community sometimes is the very antithesis of of what you know these maybe some certain politicians or you know societies might think is important in a way but yeah. i'm i'm a big you know advocate of community and how that's the power of that you know wow big yeah. communities community is big hey like like this the safety you can get from a community the kind of joy the the exposure to different experiences and different worldviews and perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's yeah. fundamental to our existence. Yeah. And like like just your like if, if you have a community working towards goals individually and, and group wise, mm-hmm. things just work work better. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's all you know, you're all kind of part of the, the bigger puzzle. Mm-hmm. yeah like I, yeah like it, it's yeah it's massive like i think i think to myself recently i kind of been a part of this kind of musical community mm-hmm. and it's brought me so much richness in in my life personally like you mm-hmm. know so it's been fantastic and it's opened up new things about myself you know so absolutely it's going back to that idea of like attracts like you're yeah. able to foster certain things in that space you've been able to kind of you know massage creative expression in a way and also in a space again where you're given the permission to do that and express that mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah Man, that's massive that's massive Sam, so, is there anything on your heart that is kind of calling to be expressed what would you like to you know i don't know this is a random one <laughs> i don't know I feel like I've said everything that I want to say about creativity and, and all of that sort of stuff. One thing actually I think I want to maybe mention that I would like to impart upon listeners um, and maybe in a way to inspire people because this is something that I have to constantly remind myself as well and this is also what helps me to kind of keep going is there is a book called Big Little Magic, I think it is. I'm totally probably going to butcher it. But the author is Elizabeth Gilbert. Again, she's a student of Julia Cameron. And she has this belief that ideas are out in the world and they kind of exist in the ether. And it's our responsibility to let them in. So yeah, this is this is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a tangent, but obviously, you know, creative mind creativity thinking adjacent that we have we have ideas right and sometimes we don't necessarily want to act on them because we're kind of un, we're uncertain we haven't been you know given permission I guess and then you see you might have that idea and then someone close to you or even you might see you know you might come into the orbit of somebody even if you don't know them personally who's taken your idea and it's become incredibly successful and her idea her thoughts and beliefs on this is that ideas are kind of bouncing up above us you know all the time 
and we have the idea and we need to actually act on it to allow the idea to come in and you know the whole point of an idea is that it needs to have a conduit to then be able to to utilize the, the idea and, and actually make it material and so that's maybe maybe why you know you've had those instances where you've gone oh that's so weird I had that idea it's because you've gone no I'm not going to act on that so it's jumped to the next person and it's I guess it's all about kind of the importance is, is that you need to act on your ideas. It's absolutely mm. fundamental that you act on them. Otherwise someone else will, and they will become more successful than you. And it's not even about like, I've got to do this because I have to be more successful than everybody else. It's about going, I have good ideas and I should act on them because they're valuable because they're coming from somewhere. So mm. I have to, I have to, I have, I have to do it. It's, it's mm. yeah. Anyway. That's interesting. May, may I ask, like, to um to act on their ideas and not be afraid of them. Oh, that's nothing good. It's scary though. It's scary, cause <laughs> like how do, you know, like well, I guess um actually, you know, what, does does it have to be? Does it really have to be scary to act on our ideas? No, I think we're just so wrapped up in what other people think, and that's okay. You know. Yeah. That, okay but it's also having discernment over whether or not that starts to overcome aspects of your life and it make it not a pleasant experience mm. and and you know what? one thing that i would like to i like it i like it I, I i'm really starting to fall in love a bit more with action like that's been a big battle for me but starting yeah. to like it a bit more <laughs> <laughs> but one thing i think is cool is that you can just do the half job for a while like i just i just i i kind of half done this podcast i'm still half doing it and it feels great you know and that's and that's and look it's it's coming out you know and we're doing we're having here we're conversing exactly you know? and you're i think yeah in, you're showing up in one way or another yeah do and, and you know as we say like doing you know c- continually working that muscle means mm. that it'll become easier and then instead of half doing it you're you're just doing it mm. and it's just it's just it's as easy as when you half did it you know but even uh, then i don't think i think like i don't know that you should necessarily think of it as it being half done because you use you, you're doing it mm. you know and this is this is it's this is what it looks like now there might be an iteration of it down the line that looks a bit differently a bit different you know mm. that's okay because you're doing it now and you, you're doing it oh that's awesome <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I think it's important to like acknowledge all of the the times that you do something there have been so many instances in my life where I've gone oh that hasn't been good enough because I've been basing it on someone else's success and it's like no but you did it like you, you're doing it and that's like that is that is something to celebrate in and of itself, you know? Mm. In in that case, I feel like there's only two, there's only really two factors left. It's like, what, what do you want to do? Like what lights you up? Like what would you actually just enjoy creating? Mm. And, and, 
how could you work that muscle every day? If you knew that it was a muscle and that you could become super jacked, then, you know, you know, like, what would you do, you know? Me personally? Yeah, actually, yeah, those are mine as well. Um, I think my ultimate goal at this point, and I say at this point because the goalpost could shift at any moment, is that I would really love to get into publication design. Mm. I've always been, in, like, I've always loved reading and I love the the value in that. And so I love the idea of creating something like a book that's, that, you know, serves its purpose as a, as a piece of literature for people to enjoy, but also as an, as an object for people to have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a book for people in some way can almost be social currency. It's like you're carrying around a certain book and that in a way people think certain things about certain people who read certain books. Um, and I find that fascinating. Yeah. I'm, I think that's also why I was so interested in, in props is because it's all about, it was all about, objects that were seemingly like seemingly ordinary objects that are imbued with meaning you know I think that we do that as as individuals we you know it could be like a a teacup that you've had since you were five and you just let it it's 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 inherently like 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 priceless like it's priceless but it's also not worth much at all you know um and I so I guess I sort of see it similarly with with books um so I would I would really like to do that um and also I, I'm you know I'm also I'm always very interested in in the the treatment of you know certain designers and how they choose to express the written words you know the ideas in the book as a visual form um I think that's really fascinating um and I just think yeah they're just really beautiful items to have that's why I want to kind of create them in terms of you know kind of developing that that muscle so I'm like super jacked creative creatively I guess it's just about finding inspiration constantly Mm. um but also stopping because there becomes a point especially for me where I'm constantly looking for inspiration so much so that it impedes me from actually doing Mm. I think inspiration is important because through the process of doing that you're able to filter out things and recognize maybe styles you might have or things that you might be naturally drawn towards um but yeah I guess you know the daily quest of inspiration but then also doing which could honestly be as simple for me as like doing like a type treatment you know playing with typography or doing an illustration or something like that you know I try I'm at the it's kind of like an ongoing thing that I've been doing I've been kind of writing down different ideas of graphic graphic pieces that I want to make and I mean at the moment I'm working in a bookshop so I'm reading quite a bit um and you know I'm thinking like each book I read maybe, you know, redesigning the cover based on what I found resonated with me, you know. As I've been reading, I've been visualising, oh, how would this cover look if I did it, you know, and that's been Whoa. interesting. So, yeah, probably that. What about that's, you? That's beautiful. Um, I think if it, was, if it was action, if it was building my muscle every day, it would probably be something in public speaking. I think I've slowly, I've kind of set it up with the podcast. I want to build continue for the rest of my life building my podcast um muscle 
But I think it, it would be in, in just in speaking or some sort of performing, you know, whether it's like performing live music or just like speaking, you know, I, I love, I did love being on stage and doing those sort of things, you know, and I feel like if I just poured my energy into that every day, I think, you know, we could get, you know, you get jacked, you get jacked over time. It's just inevitable. <laughs> and I know, I just want to kind of go back to what you said before. I don't know if you recall, but you said that, you know, sometimes you're kind of, thoughts get in the way and you're like oh I'm worried that you know people don't want to listen to what I have to say but I just need to remind you and everyone who's listening that like the right people will listen and that's who you're doing it for not everyone's gonna get it and that's okay because you the people you don't want the wrong people to get it you want the right people to get what you're doing Mm, you know thank you thank you Sam I hope that (laughs) makes you feel a little bit better yeah Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Any any last words, cuz? No, I think I'm I think I've said my piece. So <laughs> <laughs> giving me this space to share my thoughts. It's something I think about a lot, but don't actually have the um yeah, the the space to kind of talk about it. So thank you. No, cuz I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and what it opened up in me. So it was it was really exciting. Like that's and that's the juice of this, you know? Yeah. Fabulous. I hope it <laughs> resonates with your listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, put it this way. I felt it, it resonated and did healing and, and release on me. Okay. And I just, like, I feel like the deeper you go in connection, the more relaxed and just like when you go to those deep ideas. Yeah. I, and I think if if it's good enough for me, I think the likelihood it'll be good enough for someone else. <laughs> I love that. But even even if it's just good for you, I'm happy with that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, cuz I will um we will sign out. Um, thanks everyone um to listen. If you want to get in contact with the lovely Sam, um, give me a message. Send me a message, and I can get you um linked up with Sam. And um, yeah, Sam, thank you so much for being on the potty. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace. See ya.